Welcome aboard. I'm your captain, Andy Diceman. Join us as we set sail for adventure into the wonderful world of tabletop RPGs and beyond. With me today is my first mate, Mr. Cooper. Yo-ho, Captain. All right, Mr. Cooper, what's today's topic? Let's see. Today on the D20, we have an eight. That will be halflings. We're talking about halflings today. Halflings. Well, let's not cut this episode short. Oh, um, we're, well played, we're gonna we're gonna hit you with some high quality puns today. Uh, it's hard not to hit below the belt when you're you know half the size of a normal folk. <laughs> Mr. Cooper, I could be mistaken, but I do believe my eyes spy a stowaway. Right, you are, Captain. Stowaway, might who you be today? Yeah, I might be a stowaway by the name of Eight Bit Alchemy. I have jumped ship from Retro Octopus, and I've found myself an epic tale today. Well, fancy yourself a parlay, sir, and welcome as an honorary part Thank of the you. crew. Friend of the you might recognize you might recognize Eight Bit Alchemist's work from the intro music, outro music, as well as our random encounter music. It's a doozy. You got to watch out for that one. You never, you never see it coming. You know, it just comes up, sneaks up on you. Speaking of things sneaking up on us, we're going to jump right into, right into the, sorry, right into the halfling here. Um, one of the things I find very interesting about the halfling is their ability to go unnoticed. Uh, they just kind of, they're there, but you really just don't pay them the mind that you should. Which, which sort of feels like a slight. Right. Like, doesn't it feel like that's the class going, look, nobody pays much attention to the halfling. Nobody expects much of the halfling. So, like, you could just go unnoticed. It, it kind of feels like a slight. I don't know. I feel like they definitely know that and use that to their advantage, that's, though. That's fair. They're reclaiming it. You know, they're taking that back for themselves and going, you know what? We know people think less of us. So let's let's prove them wrong. And also be really sneaky about it. And that's the other side of the halfling coin is the bravery. Like they really do hammer home the fearless aspect. Um, real life hobbits or halflings or whatever you choose to call the Shire folk. Um, Samwise Gamgee, he was a just the epitome of halfling bravery. Absolutely. I actually saw a video the other day uh, of somebody who had a framed picture of just Samwise Gamgee in their kitchen. And I was like, you know, that's amazing. That is fantastic. <laughs> Nobody has a, a framed picture of just Sam. And, you know, it really made me appreciate it because he is, he is brave and he does embody, you know, that, that sense of halfling bravery that you're talking about. And then on the other side, you have, I think there's a direct quote from Gandalf about uh, no one pays halflings too much attention. You know, they, they do often go unnoticed. And I think that might have been part of the reason they were selected as the ring bearer, in addition to, you know, their resilience to the temptation of the ring, um, is the fact that they, they were able to kind of sneak in un, unnoticed. And you know what? I, I really, the more we talk about this, I think halflings really get the short end of the stick. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. It, um, on the other hand, too, as we're talking about um, some Hobbit folk and all that, I always felt, obviously, Sam is, is the hero of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King and all that. But uh, I felt like Mary never got his due. 
Mary um, loyalty, all about that and serving Kathleen Bard and, and just a, a really, really great deep character for the book that a lot of people never really got into. And I'm like, Mary is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he really got to shine as much as he should have, you know, in the movies. But obviously that's, you know, you can only do so much with that. But uh, yeah, you know, he's a character. Absolutely. So um, let's see. So describing the, uh, the halfling, the comforts of home are the goals of most halflings lives. A place to settle in a place of her quiet, far from marauding monsters and chasing armies, a blazing fire and a generous meal, fine drink and fine conversation. Though some halflings live out their days in remote agricultural communities, others form nomadic bands and travel constantly, lured by the open road and wide horizon. The diminutive halflings survive in a world full of larger creatures by avoiding notice, barring that avoiding offense. Standing about three feet tall, they appear relatively harmless and so have managed to survive for centuries in the shadow of empires on the edges of wars and political strife. They're inclined to be stout, weighing between 40 and 45 pounds. Now, the other thing that it says here is they uh, tend to blend in in the crowd. Halflings are adept at fitting into a community of humans, dwarves, or elves, making themselves valuable and welcome. The combination of their inherent stealth and their unassuming nature helps halflings avoid unwanted attention. Halflings work readily with others, and they are loyal to their friends, whether halfling or otherwise. They can display remarkable ferocity with their friends, families, and communities when their uh, friends, families, or communities are threatened. Now, last uh, thing they say here, halflings try to get along with everyone, everyone else, and they loathe to make sweeping generalizations, especially negative ones. They get along especially well with dwarves, elves, and humans. Now, I play a halfling bard. Um, he's my second 5th edition character. Um, his real name is Bertram Underhill, but he despises the name that his mother gave him. Uh, almost as much as he despises her, his nickna- her nickname for him of Rumble Tummy, <laughs> um, because... As a child, he was always hungry. Uh, very seldomly could she pull him off the teat long enough uh, to, to you know, even come up for a breath of air. But he is a <laughs> fine example of some stars shine brighter than others. And uh, he's taken the stage name of Puck Sugarfoot, uh, which a lot of people like to poke fun at. Um, Sugarfoot was chosen. It was, it was, it was the CB handle of a dear friend of mine mr al pepe uh he's no longer with us um so just to keep his spirit alive he was the first friend i made um when i was driving the land ship (laughs) (laughs) over the road truck driving um he he dubbed me batman like my first week at the company and he will be missed um but uh, on a lighter note uh, we do have a halfling on board, um, Shark Bite, or sh- sorry, Shark Bait. Shark bait <laughs> is is the uh, is the local halfling aboard the vessel. Unfortunately, she is not on board today. She has taken her uh, shore leave. Um, speaking of sharks, Mister Cooper, Eight Bit Alchemist, look out! I spy shark off the port now. Ah, shark. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the 
Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd whose name Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Well, we survived that shark attack, and we're back. That was a doozy. I I was not prepared for that shark attack. I mean, how well prepared can you be for a shark attack? Unless you're maybe a halfling, per se, who is so much closer to the ground and therefore closer to sea level that he could have seen it coming. Now, we, we talked about uh, a couple examples of famous halflings. Um, can you think of any others uh, just to relate to the folks? Uh, Tyrion Lannister is often... Yes. I think he's more halfling than dwarf. I know in the, the Game of Thrones universe, they consider him a dwarf. They, they count him as a dwarf. Um, and I don't recall any elves in Lord of, Game of, Thrones. Lord of the Rings. Game of Thrones. Um. Let me just here. Just this is the sound of me handing in my nerd card. Uh, I, I was going to suggest the Time Bandits. If uh, if you've seen that in old uh, Terry Gilliam film from uh, you know, I still have not seen that movie. That that's one that I've I've always meant to see. It is a trick. I tell you a movie, and I completely forgot about this during the Bard episode, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it in now. Rock and Roll is a crazy animated movie and they're kind of like weird mouse people. Um, but it's basically like, just imagine if you had a whole party full of bards, could you imagine a whole party <laughs> full of bard? Halflings? That's, that's all. Jeez. Oh, wow. Or that's, that sounds like the Scooby-Doo meets kiss sort of thing. I yeah. wonder how they would measure <laughs> up. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I, know. I, I really, I really do want to see like a tag team of halflings where you know, like it's two halflings in an overcoat, and uh, <laughs> or what, what would be the medieval equivalent uh, to an overcoat? Muppet Man, <laughs> something. But uh, I, I, or also like you know, one halfling is up on stage welling his heart out as the bard, and the next is picking the pockets of the patrons in a local pub. Yeah, that's that's a great combo. That sounds like a definitely great combo. It does, and the the plot hook, plot hook number one, two halflings. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a start of a joke. Um, it does. Yeah, yeah. two halflings in an overcoat walking to a pub. <laughs> Roll for punchline. <laughs> Damn! Now I'm gonna need a drum roll. Need a drum rolls for punchline. <laughs> Now, one thing I wanted to mention about this uh, also is that there are different traits that you can be for halfling um, in 5th edition. One uh, going by lightfoot, the other one going by stout. So lightfoot, as it sounds, would be sort of uh, more attuned to being a thief or a wanderer or something like that. You actually get um, ability score increase for your charisma, uh, increases by one. And naturally stealthy is another one. So it's uh, an attempt to hide uh, when you're obscured. by only one creature that is at least one size um, larger than you. So you're, you're very good at hiding. And uh, I know when I have played with people who are halflings, uh, they, they tend to hide after. That makes sense though. Cause you're left exposed. The and then the other. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't fault them for it. It's just, it's yeah. so funny. It's like in my <laughs> bonus action, I hide. And that's Nothing. always how it goes. 
Okay. Nothing makes me giggle more than the halfling jack-in-the-box style popping out of the barbarian's backpack only to <laughs> deliver, you know, uh, a lightning bolt or a crossbow bolt just to scamper off between the legs of the closest enemy or ally and, and then he's hidden again. Um, you know, it, it's a great surprise tastic. You know, in the theater of the mind, it looks great. Um, or even, you know, uh, winding up and doing the uh, fastball special Right, yeah, style Wolverine definitely kind of fits that <laughs> bill, huh? Yeah, he oh, he's was, a dwarf for sure. Yeah, he was he's the most ferocious sure, halfling like, around. <laughs> yeah, he's the best at what he does, and what he does isn't very nice. Very true. And uh, the last one here is Stout. Stout actually says uh, that it um, has a derived from dwarf blood most possibly in the forgotten realms universe so uh, your constitution score increases by one and you have um an advantage against uh saving throws on poison you have resistance against poison damage that's that's really interesting yeah i don't think i've ever uh come up use played a halfling that way but that would be really neat to try That I would, would think be... that that would be like a super liver if you're a bard. <laughs> super like liver. <laughs> someone. I think. I think. I do think back to Sam. I think he may have been built. I know. Like he kind of. Yeah. Athlete. Like he was. There's a right. Like he's, he needs it because he's definitely going to make like... food, and he, you know he's just he's stout. Like he he for all intents and purposes is uh, rumble belly. <laughs> There we go. Next, next, uh, next halfling build: stout halfling, Gam G- Samji, G- and his Samji. companion, <laughs> Gamwell Samji, and and Taters. Taters, this is like sure his Taters, little pet pig. Uh, Taters and Shanks. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's a pig. Okay, I was. Well, I maybe maybe his name would be Truffles. So if it's Taters, I then I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> I just feel like a pig works. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll put a we'll yeah, put like a pin that. in that. Yeah, <laughs> pig hobbits. Yep. Um, funny thing though, like Gary Gygax originally called halflings hobbits in fifth or first edition, and uh, no offense to the Tolkien estate, which is their you know full right with their intellectual property to bring down the Banhammer. Uh, but they were like, no, right. you can't call them. You can't call them hobbits, uh, which is funny because if you watch Lord of the Rings. He does refer to himself uh, w- when they address Treebeard. He's like, you know, we're we're halflings, Shire folk, um, and it's like, well, my, how the tables have turned. Yeah, because I think Hobbit um, wasn't necessarily like a general term for a, for a halfling or a you know like you know wee folk or something like that. Like, but Hobbit was more of a like kind of coined yeah. term by the by the mythos of of like lord of the rings and whatnot so it, i think it is sort of like a one-way street there where like you can say halfling but hobbit now immediately conjures up like lord of the rings we really yeah, played it's, that. it's because one who was from hobbiton right. which is where bilbo was from you know, in in the shire there was hobbiton so and, and you'd have you the Stout, Lightfoots, and the Hobbitons, uh, basically, is how that would, would play out. Um, but like I said, that, that would have to be a Lord of the Rings uh, spinoff of Dungeons & Dragons, which I'm almost positive someone has has done or will do. Oh, it exists. I've, I've seen it. 
Yeah, it just like I, I remember if it uh, if it exists, they're Munchkin. Game. Yeah, I had the collector's card game uh, that came out in the late '90s, the Wizards of the Coast um, uh, game, and um, the the whole thing is everybody was trying to get the one ring card, and there was like one per case. And if you got that and you brought it to Mount Doom, you could actually win within a turn. But if not, you would play as like the various characters. Like you could play as like the Creebane and you know the wizards Radagast or Alatar or Saruman, and um, then you could play as like Fearmere. So it goes like really, really deep. That's very yeah, cool. I, I played that uh, back in the nineties. Yeah, we we really RP that into the game too to kind of tiptoe around. If someone accidentally says Hobbit, I mean, you know, the, the talking, uh, the elves aren't going to kick the door in and slap our dice off the table and tell us we can't call them Hobbits. But it's kind of like you know, hey, 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 that you can't say Hobbit. You're not a you're not a halfling. We don't, you know, that's that's insulting um, to us. If one of the things, okay. uh, if we could walk it back yeah, we, we just are... a minute, other um, other famous halflings, or as you were saying, um, you know, we we, we mentioned a, a handful, but also I think Willow is is a is definitely a, a halfling that I feel like I remember very distinctly, and I mean, that that universe Absolutely. considered them dwarves, like that was the term that they used, um, but. Oh yeah, but he's definitely he's definitely. Uh, well, see, that's would, the would thing is say, he's actually well, he a, a wizard. Book, he's so a sorcerer. So, the so Willow kind of like falls on, into a category of halfling that I don't know. Like, is that occupied in D anD D? You know, in fifth edition or anything now? Like, can you build a halfling sorcerer? He, well, you could. It's just it's just a bloodline. Yes, okay. you could with charisma bonus. Absolutely. Um, the charisma bonus would would you would boost your charisma stat, so you get the bonus there, and that's your spellcasting ability. And if you wanted to actually build Willow, you could then take the ritual caster feat, which would give you a spell book to keep ritual spells in okay. that you can add to over time. Um, so fully fully possible to build Willow as well. I, as, I was wondering, wouldn't he be uh, somewhat close to a druid? Now I I haven't seen Willow in the longest time. Was his was his magic like innate? Did he just did he just manifest it one day, or did he have to train? To... Yeah, like he he starts it's as like a conjurer. Like, like he sort of starts as like a low key, you know, like not not very adept. So something that would be maybe more akin to like having you know some cantrips or like doing some kind of like low level magic, maybe. So maybe, yeah, thaumaturgy. Maybe, maybe okay. So maybe you do go druid, and uh, if you're playing with a DM who's nice enough to give you starting feats, you take magic initiate, which would give you two cantrips and a level one spell, fitting the willow build. Then you grab either multi class into wizard or grab that ritual caster, um, and grab the spell book. And there's no reason that the spell book couldn't just strictly be cosmetic like hey right i know i don't have to have this spell book but it's a self-imposed it's a self-imposed restriction and the dm might even go no you can have the spell book and i will let you record extra spells spell in slots it, or, you know, you or, or something extras, like that extra spells no yeah uh that's the big thing there's really no bonus spell slots since they gave you unlimited cantrips uh, especially with the warlock and his eldritch blast <laughs> it's like okay. I don't even I don't even remember casting spells as a warlock. Um, 
just you know, if you're not Eldritch Blasting <laughs> everything in sight, you're warlocking wrong. Um, well, um, the other thing I was thinking is you could do the familiar spell and uh, end up with your Finn Rizel. And um, I don't know if your familiar can change between uh, animals and ends up as a goat or you know a bird. And every time, every animals. time you cast, every time you recast the uh, the spell or cast it as the ritual, which does not consume your spell slot, you can pick a new form that your familiar takes. So you could, in fact, have it as an eagle, dismiss it, and bring it back as a goat. Uh, vice versa, so on there and so forth, and, and see that works absolutely. Time, time, a lot. Um, I think so yeah, too. A willow build would be very fun, especially with someone playing as like a like a yeah. Mad Martin yeah, it could be a really fun, you know, uh, kind of theme yeah. to build a a whole campaign around if you really wanted to go for it. Well, the seas have been oddly calm today and very kind to us, considering all the rain we had last week. Um, it's nice to get out onto deck and have some fresh cabin air now and again. Um, Captain, look out. Random encounter time. Look out, Captain. This is a basilisk. Cover your I'm eyes, lad. Don't look him in the eyes, lest you want to sink to the bottom of the ocean floor like a stone. A basilisk is a multi-limbed lizard animal with a stone petrifying, petra, petrifying gaze. If a creature starts its turn within 30 feet, the basilisk, and, uh, and they can see each other, the basilisk can force the creature to make a DC-12 constitution save. How are we going to take care of him, Cap? Well, it's going to be a blind shot with me old blunderbust here, since I don't need to aim her, and hopefully I pepper his eyeballs. Let's me make my rack attack roll with disadvantage. You're not going to believe this. I rolled a natty 20 and a natty 19. Ah! I dare say that'll blind the beast. Quick, Back boys. Depths with you. Before he goes off deck, Basculus be a delicious treat. We'll save a little meat for later. Yes, towards the end of the show. <laughs> You've got your your Basculus uh, rations there. Now, what are you, you going to take your Halfling adventure? What backgrounds... Uh, probably artisans. I imagine halflings would probably be good little tinkerers, or that might be more geared towards the gnome. Um, but I, I think halfling crafts are probably a thing. Um, <laughs> you mean like macaroni necklaces? Dream yeah, probably. <laughs> Gardening. Yeah. <laughs> Gardening. Um, pipe. Pipe. <laughs> pipe. You know what? I, that That's going to be an NPC. Probably, I can picture this little halfling pipe carver, um, you know, just blowing smoke. Yeah, I would say that, yeah. In, in the little bazaar. Yeah, that's definitely there. like you know, allied with what they like to, uh, you know, to you kind of surround themselves with. They're just those comforts, you know, even probably distillery too, if they could do it. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Halfling, halfling hookah bar. Um, let's talk about halflings around the world before we jump into uh, uh, recommending. 
uh, classes for halflings. Now, the way I do my Xanadu is the world my game takes place in. And think of it as every culture in the world existing at the same time period. So if you would go to, let's say, the land of the little people, the Moors, the old Irish setting, would you argue that, that leprechauns would be Irish halflings? They're a little uh, more they're mythical, though. They're, 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 they're like magical um, creatures. Uh, certainly not dwarves. Yeah. They so are. Definitely, they like, just... in, in a similar, um, oh. you know, kind of family, they're a little bit more elevated. Maybe a halfling could aspire to be a leprechaun one day. Yeah, or maybe the stales of the leprechaun are just, you know, halfling wizards, warlocks, sorcerers, and bards. You know, there there are no true leprechauns go. in the yeah. sense of a small fae, um, but the the leprechauns are, you know, uh, this bard's running around telling tales of, you know, or, you know, you're drunk as a skunk, and, you know, you see you see a man half your size and retelling the story the next day at the bar or pub or tavern with the rest of the drunks. Um, you know how these fish stories go. Every time the fish gets bigger and bigger. Well, maybe every time the halfling gets smaller and smaller till he's no taller than a toadstool. Um, or, or you can even play it. You know, it's like you want to homebrew it. Guess what? There are halflings that are even shorter than that. They're a foot tall. They love gold. You know, they're, they're greedy little buggers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big departure from American Gods by Neil Gaiman, you know, where they were like six foot six. <laughs> yeah, released a giant dwarf. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that uh, we we touched on a little bit earlier. Anything that has anything that would benefit from the charisma or dexterity bonus, so that's your rogues. Um, you could build a a halfling ranger if you really wanted to. Um, I know some people really like to build halfling barbarians because, you know, just imagine. <laughs> now they must have to go with the stout, you. you know, build for that, right? They're the stout. Uh... You could, you could, but they still could benefit from the dexterity bonus. Um, a butt naked berserk halfling <laughs> coming at you is pretty scary if that constitution modifier, but, uh, you know, a light armored or even, you know, unarmored dexterous, uh, halfling coming towards you is is equally scary uh, the point For is you sure. don't have to power a game you don't have to optimize your builds um you, you play what you i have like to, to build play. for role-playing myself so i would probably build something along the lines of a cleric or paladin rather than going for thievery um someone who's small and undetectable who can get in and cl- and um that's a that's a cool people. build yeah that's because that's the way you need because a lot of times know. you know you have healers that are not able to survive too many hits Unless they're, you know, like a like some kind of battle cleric or something where they're really heavily armored. So yeah, I mean having a stealthy healer could be very, very effective. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? It's for, for the the size difference of the halfling, it seems everything's proportionate. Like they seem like they have very dexterous fingers. <laughs> they don't have those stubby little baby carrot hands. Um, <laughs> like I know people are thinking, like thinking, you know, like right. the dwarves. The dwarves seem kind of disproportionate. Like they have, you know, stubby little fingers. Like everything on them is smaller. Like I, I know someone sitting here right now going, "Yeah, that half is a tripod. <laughs> like he just kicks that." He had to have gotten out. some compensation <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> right? Bard man, just gotta gotta nail everything that moves. He just likes to shame the gnomes. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I believe that came up in, in conversation oh, earlier with the 8-inch that, that, did, that did come up earlier. Oh, <laughs> well, no, no, quite the opposite, actually. The <laughs> it's not the... It's not it's not the size of the vessel that counts, it's the motion in the ocean. <laughs> and speaking of motion in the ocean. Spoken like a true bard. <laughs> but uh no, have you know, ever played with um with a monk that was uh that was a halfling? You know, I just picture what the one from me, myself, and Irene. Um, when he whips oh. out the nunchucks, he's like, "I'm gonna you fix it, oh, get beat from right. the waist down." Who is also in Willow? Uh, Tony, I can't remember his last. He's Tony also Cox? he's also in the. He was in Willow. He was in Troll as well. Tony Cox, that's him. You know what? Now that I think about it, uh, there was we were doing something, and when Tara found out that Warwick Davis was the Leprechaun in Leprechaun. Uh, she was like, damn you, Warwick Davis. <laughs> he went to space. I've never seen so. any of the Leprechaun yeah, movies. Yeah, the hood. Uh, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> are, are they are they actually worth watching? You know, the one where he went to Vegas was in t- entertaining. but um... I, I did like that one. The first three were pretty good. And, you know, you, you got to realize they're literally jumping the shark on uh, – space and the hood like they're they're good um but you gotta there's your parody of of this movie um then they redid it and the remake was really bad like the leprechaun vision was like he saw in gold and he was like a monstrous more so than you know the the freddy krueger punny leprechaun uh this was just a savage beast of a leprechaun and i think they remade it again and jennifer aniston was back or it was her okay of the jennifer aniston character um the guy that ate the gold in the the second there you go yeah he he got the leprechaun turned into one yeah Yeah, for for my money i would rather watch yeah uh, the first first troll is actually like a respectable Uh, enough movie you know it's not bad it's once you get to troll two where you're like oh what what happened here but the first movie was actually not bad Uh, yeah troll two you mean troll too? Oh my god! They're eating her. No, it's, it's like it's oh, they're, they're goblins. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? The movie is called Troll Two. Like you had this uh, this incredible vision. You wanted to make this movie. You knew exactly no one could talk you off the ledge. Fine, whatever. Do this movie, but you're gonna you're gonna call all the creatures goblins? Like what planet are you on? Man? Well, I tell you what, too. From playing Dungeons and Dragons, that completely ruined the reveal for me because as soon as I saw Neil Bog, I was like, "That's Goblin backwards," because there's like a little <laughs> Goblin jester, and that's what they're called. They're right, Neil, Neil Bog. So you already like had like, that kind of flip around in Bog. your vernacular, like you knew that that word backwards already. So you're like, "Oh, I I know where this is going already." Yeah. Yeah, it was like you know, spoiler warning. Like, you know, okay, like my nerdiness be damned. Um, it's okay of all the things in the world to be spoiled troll 2 is not a problem <laughs> we'll go watch the first one <laughs> yeah, yeah def- definitely not yeah, that's the thing too it's like you don't ever hear about like 
the halflings never the big bad you don't hear about evil halflings hardly ever at all and it's even the the halfling rogue is the lovable scamp you know it's never like no this See, i think that would be kind of interesting like, like um, what, what coop was saying about how you know he you wouldn't want to build one that was like a, a rogue or something like that like I totally, uh, you know, agree with that. But I also think it would be kind of neat to see a halfling that has, you know, fallen from his, like, comfortable home and, and lost, you know, all his creature comfort. And now it's like this malicious halfling. rogue or whatever, like an actual ne'er-do-well. And, you know, it's like, I actually kind of think that would be neat to see. Mm. Halfling necromancer, and he animates the skeleton legs. <laughs> he gets little instincts. That's a good idea. Yeah, like he's just in, just in the skeleton, like you know, for like battle armor. Like you know, my tiny legs grow tired of walking. Carry me, minion. <laughs> You'd have to name him Napoleon or something. You know, Napoleon. Napoleon <laughs> on the, God, there Napoleon you go. Napoleon bones apart. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, go, going back to a uh, uh, practical idea, I had another one. If um. If you haven't seen it, there's another film called Knights of Bad Astem, which is okay. Great. I haven't about, seen that. Uh, LARPing, a live yes. playing. Yes, that is a great one. The imp, the imp is in it, and Jason yes. from True Blood, and the imp, and also uh, Steve Zahn. The imp takes his role playing so serious, and I think he is like he becomes possessed. Actually, he's so. a dual dagger wielding, you know, rogi. It's it's oh gosh. Now I'm gonna have to go watch yeah, it's, that. it's quite good. Yeah, cool. Me, yeah, I'll have to look at that. I'll have to check that out. Oh, right. Well, I do believe that the sun is starting to set below the waves. So I think it's time. Seven bells, Captain. Yes, indeed. I think it's time that we thank the alchemist for coming aboard and look hey, forward you know, to having him Hey, it's been a pleasure being a part of the crew. Again. I'm glad I stowed away. Um, Well, stow Huzzah. away no more. You're now honorary crew I, It paid member. off. I've endeared myself to you. You can't get rid of me now. <laughs> the same can be said about most barnacles on this vessel. That's also true. <laughs> well, shiver, shiver me timbers and shiver my sails. All right. So, um, that being said, before we before we weigh anchor and uh, drop you off at the nearest port. Is there um, anything you'd so, like to say I mean, to the audience? I, I just want to thank, thank you again for having me on this episode. You know, I love what you guys are doing. Um, you know, I'm 8-Bit Alchemy. Again, I am part of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala podcast, where uh, we talk about all things that make growing up awesome, uh, all things retro, which is always fun. And then uh, I myself uh, do some independent music composition, as mentioned. I did the intro and outro, as well as the random encounter uh, theme and victory theme on this here show, which, to be perfectly honest, is actually the most like audio exposure I've had on an episode of anything I've been on. So that's kind of fun. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. And um, yeah, you know, I am I am available to do any kind of commissions for people if you are interested in a similarly styled, uh, you know, 8-bit kind of original piece, uh, definitely let me know. Uh, I can be contacted on Facebook and through, you know, any kind of different channel that we have out there, you know, uh, get in contact with the show and, and they can pass it along. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm just, just enjoying it and happy I could contribute to this awesome show.
Well, thank you again. And we will be sure to hoist your colors on the Facebook page with those links in case you want to get your own um, custom ringtone, music for your intro, outro, any of your musical needs. Check out 8-Bit Alchemist. Not only an thank alchemist, you. Thank you. but thank a bard. <laughs> All right. So... As we say goodbye to our good friend, the alchemist, I must also say goodnight to you, Mr. Cooper. So, good night, Mr. Cooper. Good work. Sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. You're too generous, sir. Is there anything on your agenda exciting what have yous? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, his his ship's log is clear. As for myself, um, I have in fact managed to hang on to one of those delicious Basculus treats from earlier. Um, if you'd like to try the Basculus for yourself, uh, check out the sponsor of tonight's episode, Mythical Meats. Uh, they can be found on our Facebook page as well as their Facebook page. Um, or you can go to www.mythicalmeats.com. We'll have a, uh, a little jingle there that our friend Patsy, the angry nerd, uh, over at Shark Bites podcast put together for them and was kind enough to give us a copy of. So we'll play that after the show for you. Um, as for myself, that takes care of my agenda and clears my captain's log. So, for the rest of you, be kind to yourself and each other. Good luck, happy gaming. We love you all. Hey there, adventurers. Are you looking to set sail on an epic adventure of your very own and hoist your own colors? Well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make your very own podcast, and it's free. There's a variety of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your very own podcast right from your computer, and Anchor will even publish your podcast for you, making it available on other apps such as Spotify, iTunes. You can even extract the files and upload them to YouTube. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do ye have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? Then it's time for ye to sink your teeth into Mythical Meats Exotic Game Sticks. Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack, featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky Sample Pack, 
with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor Sample Pack, featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite. Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. <laughs> Greetings, adventurers. Gurky here with a very special discount code from Mythical Meats. Use code NEOBOG15 for a very special 15% off one order.